Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. We have to talk about it, Dylan. Okay. Luca and Trey. Again, Mm -hmm. the conversation that seemingly will never die as long as these two guys are in the league together. Because to juxtapose, the Hawks lose two games again, back-to-back now. Um, the Nets game, they could have easily won, minus Trey. Yep. Not on the floor. And uh, they're not in a good place right now. Luca, on the other hand, just had a 60-20-10 triple-double. And this was his response after the game. I mean, that was really impressive, you know. The whole team was just keep going, you know. I, what, what was the stat? Yeah, with, uh, with 13,000 plus thousand yeah, games with 35 seconds. That's impressive, you know. But everybody just kept it together. You know, we believed, and that's why I would say. Oh, man. So we got, listen, the Mavericks aren't in first place in the West either. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And the Hawks have gone deeper in the playoffs with Trey at the helm compared to what the Mavericks have done in the playoffs with Luca. But talk about two completely trending in opposite direction situations right now. Many people are calling Luca the best player in the NBA and Trey is arguing with coaches and missing games. What do we make of all of this Dylan? Well, it doesn't look good right now. And, you know, uh, a a lot of people are obviously not too high on the Hawks right now for very good reason. And a lot of people are high on Luka right now. I saw people saying that, you know, next to that Dirk statue, there's going to be a Luka statue one day. You know, people are already going there with it. And, you know, Luka is obviously a great, great player. Nothing taken away uh, from Luka. Um, But, I think I think it's fair to say that both of these teams won the trade thus far. I mean, unless the Hawks completely have to blow it up and, you know, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but in a scenario if they maybe trade Trey Young or something like that, then we can talk about maybe the Hawks losing, you know, the draft night trade that will that the infamous draft night trade, but until that happens, I think both of these teams got their guy. Now, Trey did um was not uh, available last night, and the Hawks did lose a close one, 107-108, after DeJounte Murray missed a potential game-winning three. I will say this, Chris. I will get slightly hot-takey, and I don't even know if this is really hot-takey. Um, as far as the way the Hawks play without Trey Young, the ball movement is better. Uh, that's Ooh. a thing at this point. The ball movement is better without Trey Young. Now, that... I'm not necessarily saying the Hawks are better without Trey Young. I don't necessarily think that is true. But the ball movement can be better without Trey Young, and you still want to have a Trey Young on your team. 
the offense is just different with him on and off the court. With Trey Young on the court, um, the ball sticks a lot in his hands a lot of times because he's doing a lot of dribble penetration and then kicking the ball out or finishing at the rim or maybe throwing an alley-oop. With Trey Young off the court and DeJounte Murray running at the point guard helm like we saw last night, the ball's moving around a lot more. There's a lot of swings. Um, even maybe, you know, John Collins even gets more looks um, on the block, which is not necessarily a bad thing because he uh, last night he had another good night. Um, so the offense just moves differently. Now, which offense you like better, that's up to you. But the offense is just different, and the ball movement is better without Trey Young on the court. And you saw last night they were able to compete and come down to the wire and they had their own destiny. They had their uh, own destiny in their own hands last night when it comes to winning that game. And you know, Dejounte Murray just missed a three at the buzzer. So, uh, I'm not going to say that the Hawks made a mistake, um, but I will say the the ball does move better without Trey. But that doesn't necessarily mean the Hawks are better without Trey. So the question that I keep coming back to is, what happened to this grand plan that they had where? Nate went out to Oklahoma and him and Mm -hmm. Trey were working on the off ball stuff. And that was supposed to be a big part of the game plan. Why does Trey not operate as a number? It's not even a number two. It's a number one B where he can get to his spot on the floor and either distribute or take the shot without having to run the ball up on the floor why, why, when you make that change, all of a sudden does everything fall apart? That's what I'm not understanding, Dylan. I don't get it. I'm with you. I don't understand that either. You know, I saw all these things. Well, really, I'm going to, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to do this. I don't want to have to do this. But, you know, people were questioning in the offseason how Trey Young could move off the ball. Then, you know, Trey's dad, Mr. Rafer Young, went out and tweeted about how Trey Young used to always move off the ball before he got to college. And, you know, he was more of an off-ball player before he, you know, before he got to college. And then, yeah, ever since he got to Oklahoma, he had to be on the ball, which can be true. But if that was a thing, why, why, why have I not seen Trey Young running around and, you know, putting in a mile every game like Steph Curry does? Now, I'm not saying Trey Young needs to be Steph Curry, but Steph Curry is a very good off-the-ball player. And I was hoping that Trey Young would add that type of element to his game where he's running off screens constantly. Or like a Ray Allen. Ray Allen was always moving around and running off screens and getting open from the corner. I have not seen that from Trey Young. And I think that's what we all expected to see him running off screens, maybe getting open corner threes, open uh, three point shots, running off screens. And we just haven't seen that. It's been more of him standing around in the corner and, you know, just him not being quite involved as involved on in that play. So now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is that can't or is that doesn't want to? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I think that doesn't want to, Chris. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he can't. I mean, anybody can run off a screen. Like you just have to run off a screen. Like it can't be that hard. I mean, it's basketball one on one. How you learn how to run off a screen? You make a little V cut. 
and you you run around the screener, and if you're open, you, you take the shot. If you're not, you pump fake, and you go to the basket. I mean, it doesn't seem that difficult. Now, maybe it's deeper. Um, I'm not in the NBA, so I don't know, but I would think from the time I played basketball, it, it doesn't seem uh, like it would be that much of an issue. So, yeah, has to seem – and, I mean, Trey Young is an NBA player. You would think he would have that ability. So, I have to say it's uh, does it want to or, you know, maybe – Maybe the way Nate is drawing up his plays, maybe, you know, Nate's not drawing that up. But, I mean, if he worked with him in Oklahoma and he specifically said he talked about playing off the ball with him more, you would have to think Nate would want to put that in the playbook and, you know, put that in, put that on the bingo card. But we haven't seen it. So, and that comes back. brings me down to it's just not wanting to. And that comes back to all the innuendo and rumors and narratives that, Trey might not be the most uh, team-friendly player in the NBA. Um, We don't know this for sure. We're not in the locker room. We're simply going off of reports that have leaked, and we know that you you can take those with a grain of salt at best, and at worst, it's a bunch of nonsense. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes, and if the results in the locker room and on the court are not where they need to be, and we're questioning simple things that would appear to be an easy fix for the team to get more in rhythm and they mm-hmm. not happen, then there's only so many ways you can connect the dots right. back to one specific place. And that is unfortunately the star player. Cause I don't think Trey forgot how to play. I don't think Nate forgot how to coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen DeJounte is a very good player and a good leader for this team. So Something's got to give very soon. Otherwise, there's going to be more changes to this team. And the last thing you want is your star player to have a narrative of coach killer or a narrative of hard hard star to play with, which will detract other people from wanting to come here if they feel like they can't. Because um, if this team turns it around and DeJounte Murray still wants to leave at the end of next year, that's going to say a lot as well. It's going to say a whole, whole lot, Chris. And then I'm going to say this too. I'm going to be very interested to see how this upcoming West Coast road trip goes because they play the Lakers on Friday at home. That's their last game of 2022. And it's their last game at home before they start said West Coast road trip. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, these guys are going to be together. You're going to play some tough teams on the road, you know, in a different time zone. How does this team respond? You know, are they going to let this turn into an avalanche and, you know, make, you know, basically force the hand of a of a Tony wrestler or somebody like that? Or are they going to turn things around and, you know, bond? Uh, you know, it's going to sound cliche, but are they going to have some come to Jesus meeting if need be on this West Coast road trip and, and turn things around? So I think this West Coast road trip, I'm not going to say it's going to make or break the Hawks, but it's going to tell us a lot about where exactly the state of this team is. All right, that'll do it. That will do it. Not only for this edition of the Off Air Podcast, but the next time Mike Conti and myself speak to you will be in 2023. Once again, we give a big thank you to Dylan Matthews. Follow him at underscore Dylan Matthews on social media and listen to him on Peachtree Football with my uh, sports radio compadre who apparently – is uh, calling in the backup troops to help him on Dukes and Bell for the rest of the week. And uh, myself, I am at C. Thomas Radio. This has been the latest edition of the Off Air Podcast.